Okay, hey everybody, so we're at our second video in this four-part series about the immune system. And in this video, we're mainly going to be talking about what are the things that suppress the immune system. Mm -hmm. And specifically, we're going to be referring to your lifestyle and food. So commonly, people think of immune system and they think of all these drugs and things, but really, your day-to-day -day activity has way more impact on your immune system than any drug, any supplement that you could possibly do on a daily basis. So the number one thing we're going to talk about is stress. Stre stress is the biggest immune suppressor, right? Take that deep breath, blow it out. Um, and and the, that makes sense, okay? Just think about stress, and, and stress releases adrenaline, stress releases cortisol, and we in medicine use cortisol. You have probably taken mm -hmm. cortisol, prednisone, solumedrol, some sort of steroid in your lifetime, many people have, and you use those steroids as an anti-inflammatory, an immune suppression, because that's what inflammation and pain is, right? Your immune system attacking something. Mm -hmm. So these steroids are perfect immune suppression, suppressants. So when you are constantly stressed, constantly on the run, whatever it may be, we're American, guilty, right? Um, that constant stressor allows tons of cortisol to be released, and that cortisol dampens your immune system, or like we talked about in the first video, confuses the immune system and says, hey, go out there and find a fight, mm -hmm. but there's nothing really to fight, and so eventually it gets confused and just picks a bar fight with the, an innocent bystander is the idea. Right. And that's one of the theories behind why the, the chronic stress causes autoimmunity. And you said something about constant stressors, and I, I don't think you guys realize that in today's society, almost everything we do has a constant stressor to it. When we get into a moving vehicle going 80 miles an hour and someone maybe gets in your lane or someone honks or someone gets a little too close to you, that is a signal for your kind of your adrenals to go, oh my God, we need a fight or flight. You yeah. know, that's a stressor too. Little daily things that we wouldn't be used to if we weren't in an industrialized society. So you have to think about that. It could be just one wrong email at work, all these constant kind of dopamine hits too from social media. There's constant little stressors in our brain. Even having empty space when you're looking for an answer is a stressor to the body. And so we come across all these things. So you may not think of a stressor being that day to day, but you are flooded with stressors every day of your life, whether if you realize that you're reacting to them or not. Another way to look at it is, okay, so most people that we talk to on a daily basis can't admit their stressors, and yeah. it's taken a lot of reflection on my part to admit your stressors. Right. So maybe let's try a different approach, and let's quantify how much time you spend de-stressing. Right. <laughs> and then you'll quickly find out you're stressed like everyone else as far as an American. So yeah. what are some of those de-stressors that you're probably not doing? Breathing exercises. Right. Chewing your food. Right. Um, Aubrey's favorite thing to talk about. Like, do you sit down to eat um, when you're in the bathroom or have any kind of downtime sitting at a traffic light, or that's a bad example, sitting in a parking lot waiting to go in for your, your whatever, and they're saying you gotta wait outside. Like, are you playing on your phone? So the majority of our downtime nowadays is spent doing something. Right. We don't like downtime as human beings. No. So what I'm gonna encourage you to do as far as one way to start lowering your stress levels is to focus on your opportunities to do de-stress or make those opportunities if you don't already have them. So if you have some downtime, instead of pulling out that phone and scrolling through social media and watching our video, maybe just considering sitting there and looking at the trees, looking at the sun or the rain, whatever's outside, and just enjoying the beautiful world that we live in and being grateful and, and, and yes. Right. Because we have a... <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I think that was good. I think and that was yes. a lot of self-expression, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was going to say is we're going to dive into a bunch of different tips and tricks, but you made a good point of we need to see how much time are we de-stressing, right? So one thing that you need to do, like if you're watching this video right now, unclench, unhinge your jaw, unclench it, and take a deep like breath. Like a snake? What does that mean? Right, like, like unhinge well, so you can swallow a mouse hole? Most of the time, if you see something on Instagram, right, if you're watching something, what, for whatever reason, our body is holding tension without realizing it. When you literally go, is my jaw relaxed? You can feel the muscles in your jaw relaxed. Are your shoulders relaxed? Go ahead and relax your shoulders and take a deep breath. These are little things that you can do. Maybe having a reminder in your phone, like Headspace is great. They can send you reminders maybe every four or six hours that go unclench your jaw release your shoulders and we don't realize it but we're holding tension and it's from those daily little stressors so another app i like that's a little morbid but it re works really well for oh, me <laughs> it's called we croak <laughs> is the app you can download it it's free and it's literally an app that tells you five times a day that you are going to die and um, that sounds morbid and really dark so let me explain that for a bit because when i first heard about it i thought it was really stupid um, but what it teaches you is when you get that message and you're doing something, the, the, the moment it really made sense to me was when I was, I was playing with my kids, they were riding the bike or something, and they had done something frustrated. And, you know, kids, kids do those things. We love them to pieces, but they, they can frustrate us. And I got that message, notification popped up on my watch. By the way, you're going to die. And it made me think <laughs> in that moment, like, you know what? I, I am going to die. Let me enjoy this moment and not get frustrated because the kid was whining or complaining or barely scraped his knee and act like we chopped his leg off, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's that reminder. So before you just open the app and think, well, gosh, that's depressing. No, the idea is it's supposed to remind you that you are mortal mm -hmm. and that you need to enjoy every moment that you possibly can in this life. And you need to be asking yourself, is what I'm doing bringing me joy? Right. Because if it brings you joy, that is the definition of a de-stressor. Right. Now be careful with that because some people will say their work is a joy to them and it brings them joy, but too much work is, is of course a stressor too. Mm -hmm. There needs to be balance and downtime. Right. I love that. I think it figures out, you know, what works for you. Is it the constant reminder that you're going to die? Or is it the constant reminder that you just need to unhinge your jaw, right? <laughs> so it's, it's picking... Whatever works for you. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I think that is a good thing because when you're sitting in your car, you know, if you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, would you be on your phone? Or would you be looking at the view in the back that we, you know, what would I be doing? Looking out back and like taking it all in and going, okay, time to de-stress. Let's enjoy this as we can. I agree. But... Second biggest thing that affects the immune system that has nothing to do with supplements is sleep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we're, we're all guilty of America. Uh, we both have our caffeine. Oh, I think it's our aura <laughs> And the aura rain. That was next. Uh, we both have our caffeine drinks close by. And as Americans, we're all guilty of drinking too much caffeine, blowing and going, and just getting every second we can out of life. But ultimately, what suffers is our sleep. So okay. many, many people struggle with getting to sleep, struggle with staying asleep. And you may think those are sleep issues, but really they're awake issues. Mm. How you spend your time awake is how you spend your time sleeping. And if you've ever taken care of an infant, then you know that sleep begets sleep. So if you are sleeping well, and you have regular hours and, and a bedtime routine, whatever you want to call it, if you're sleeping well, that will create better sleep the next time and the next time and the next mm -hmm. time. It's literally one of those practice makes perfect situations. One thing that was kind of fear-based for me, and we don't want everything to be fear-based, but there was a study proven that you can never catch up on the sleep that you lose. Mm -hmm. You literally can never get it back. Sleep debt. Yeah, it is sleep debt. So that is a little bit of a fearful thing to think about, but at the same time, it can kind of be the catalyst to push you into how am I getting good sleep, right? 
And one of those things that suppresses the sleep is what Dr. Roop talked about. What are you doing during the day, right? So are you up in your computer or working until like an hour, 30 minutes before bed or all the way up until bed? Then you're automatically gonna have that triggering system in your brain and almost that anxiety, that fight or flight that goes into your sleep. When you should be getting into this parasympathetic mode of the rest and digest, when you should be actually healing and regenerating. Agreed. One of our favorite things to do is to track your sleep because yeah. the, the, I mean, you can just symptom-wise track your sleep. Like, did, did you just hit the pillow and wake up in the morning? That's mm -hmm. a good sign. Um, were you tossing and turning? That's a bad sign. Did you wake up at some point, weren't able to go back to sleep? Mm -hmm. um, and then number three, did you, when you woke up, did you feel rested or not? Um, and so if you're, if you're not tracking your sleep, you at least need to be tracking yourself um, symptom-based and be honest with yourself like oh, I guess I did have that glass of wine too close to, mm -hmm. to bedtime or I did have all the lights on in the house or I was playing on the phone too close to bedtime um, that's the benefit of actually tracking your sleep is it gives you the aura ring is, is kind of one of our favorite things aura o-u-r-a um, we don't make any money off of them no, but they're I great <laughs> <laughs> so it's a ring that you wear and that tracks your activity yeah. during the day but the biggest thing is it tracks your sleep Fitbit does it Apple watch does it yeah. all kinds of things so get something that tracks your sleep and don't get neurotic over it because that can upset your sleep also. But what you want to do is play with your variables and see what which ones affect your mm -hmm. sleep. Um, for me, a big one is eating too late. I always Absolutely. notice when I eat too late that that happens. Um, so a couple tips we'll give you is number one is got to turn the lights off. We're, we react to lights. If yeah. it's too close to bedtime, it, it, you're, you're wrecked. So if you are playing on your computer or your phone or TV or whatever it may be, then buy some, some blue blockers. Yeah. They're cheap on Amazon. You can find any kind of blue blocker um, that, that will help. And you want to wear it at least two hours before bedtime. They need to be a deep, deep orange. Yeah, it needs, I don't, the world needs to look funny right. through them. It has to be a little frustrating wearing them where you're like, I don't feel like this is reality. Yeah. I don't want the little cheap, clear ones that are like, these are blue blockers. And like, no. I don't care if the light goes through it or not. I want you to get the orange ones. It needs to have that orange tone to really take out all the blue. You should look weird wearing yeah. them. My brother. <laughs> exactly. Love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so blue blockers is a big one. Uh, another one is if you're waking up in the middle of the night, kind of that's, we call that kind of liver time, two, three, mm -hmm. four a.m. Is, is liver time. Can be adrenal time too, but yeah. you want to mention so, kind of liver time. I did, I wanted to talk about this. So if you're actively waking up at three to four, that is a sign of liver stress. Your body has a circadian rhythm, right? And at night when we're sleeping, that is our time to go through all, like, well, not all the different organ systems, but you have your heart, then your gallbladder, then your liver, right? And then different parts of your body. And our body needs to have that time to go through and mop up any excess toxins, some rid some debris in there, really give the time to focus on those. When you are awake during the day, you don't have time to kind of really sit there and be like, let me clean up my liver a little bit, right? One thing we commonly see, there's two things. One, liver stress is three or four in the morning. If you're always waking up right there, one of the most common things is, is your liver burdened? Are you drinking too much alcohol? Are you eating too many processed foods? One things, or there's a couple things that actually really help some patients before bed, taking 500 milligrams of liposomal glutathione or castor oil packs. If you start doing that, like put the castor oil pack on your liver, um, we can kind of go over this next video, but if you do that and your sleep improves and you don't wake up, it means your liver was stressed, right? Then the next one is adrenal stress. When you start to see wake up every two hours or so, when you're constantly just having the cycle of always waking up and going back to sleep, that means that your cortisol is in a heightened state too and it's unstable and you're constantly waking up in the night. High sugar foods can do this, eating too close to bed can do this, and stress before sleep can do it. 
And think about emotional stress, guys. Right. If you're waking up at two, three, four in the morning and there's a racing thought that you are um, regurgitating, that's not the right word. What Recirculating? Is yeah, but anyway, if there's a, a thought that you're stuck on and it's right. an emotional situation or a toxic person or something that really tells you that, yeah, you might have been fine during the day with dealing with that situation, mm. but clearly it's affecting your, your, inner being, your inner being, your spirit. And so you really need to decide, is that toxic person, do I need them in my life? And if they, if they do need to be in your life, say it's your boss or something, you can't get rid of that. <laughs> can't get rid of, please don't get rid of your boss. No. That would be bad. Uh, <laughs> um, but the, the better situation is you can't change that person, but you can change how you react to that person. Right. So changing your boundaries or setting boundaries or, or working with how you can distance yourself from that emo emotional turmoil. Yeah. So really thinking about what it is you're waking up and why, because it certainly can be liver, but if it's an emotional issue, you can put as many castor oil packs as you want. Right. You've got to deal with the emotional issue. Right, and emotions are constantly tied to liver too, especially in alternative medical worlds. Um, if you constantly have an emotional stressor and you're not seeing that, you may see that liver time wake up at three to 4 a.m., right? So, and that does mean, you know, I've had patients or even friends who have woken up in the middle of the night crying without realizing or they woke up and their face was wet and it means that you're unpro you're not processing everything that you're dealing with and for our immune system which is actually a category we're going to go over in a second is the mood and emotional health that your mood and your thoughts and your emotions can suppress your immune system automatically so i think totally right you have to check in with your emotional stressors and your health and see are you taking the time one thing to, to kind of realize is if you always say oh i hate being alone i can't do it that's a huge, huge sign that you do need to work through some issues. Not issues in a negative way, but things that are taxing your mental and emotional health. Yeah. So. Uh, so that's a perfect segue into the mood situation because if you are generating negative energy and constantly saying negative words and negative phrases, then that affects your inner being. It, you may not understand it, but it, it's true. Your outlook on life basically affects how healthy you are on the inside. And we, you can call it manifestation. Oh, I manifest that I'm well, and I'm going to say it out loud, and I'm going to believe it, and whatever you want to call it, right? I love that. Uh, Tony yeah. Robbins yeah. situation. Yeah, you, you claim something, and it will be real kind of deal. But the main thing we want to point out with this outlook is you just want to make sure that you're at least taking time to express gratitude. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that is research proven to improve your life, anything, can improve anything and everything, is just do you proceed with life with gratitude towards the things that, that come your way? So yes, you may be in a terrible situation, something terrible may be happening right now, but there's gotta be at least one thing that you're grateful for, whether it be your children, or whether it be you have a vehicle that got you to work, or whether it be that you actually woke up, or that mm -hmm. cup of coffee, whatever it may be, taking time to say that you are grateful for whatever it is in your environment can absolutely change your being. We see it in our practice all of the time. Commonly, patients have seen m multiple doctors by the time they come to see us. I'm not talking just five, I'm talking sometimes 10 That's doctors right, yeah. that they have seen in order to, to try to figure themselves out. And what we're able to do is give them different answers, kind of root cause answers, and just leaving the practice, they already feel better. We didn't do any kind of magic voodoo healing right. or anything. It's hope, it's hope. It's that outlook on life that they can be better and that will make you feel better. So you right. have to remember just your outlook on life affects your immune system, whether you like it or not. Right, and it's how does it tie in is that emotions are actually, they're measurable in testing. They're, they do leave um, an imprint on your cells. They leave an imprint in different parts of your body. 
um, you'll see sometimes chronic musculoskeletal issues tied to emotional trauma and unresolved traumas as well. So if you have headaches that sometimes go, don't go away, right, and you've exhausted all options and there's really nothing else, think about your emotional health. But when you do have that gratitude, you're teaching your body to go into more of a parasympathetic mode, right? We don't have our cortisol and adrenal hormones that are meant to trigger fight or flight constantly going. So your body's already in a better state of healing and regeneration, and that's really, really crucial for immune health. I agree. Cool. Next on the list is exercise, and usually we're talking about how you should exercise and all that, but in this situation, immune suppression, we're actually talking about over-exercise. So you know who you are, that are pushing your luck. That's right. We love you. So, so you just want to be really mindful about the exercise you're doing. Are you doing too much? Because if you're doing too much, you're not going to sleep well. Um, it's not going to be deep sleep. It's not going to be restful sleep. And that's where um, tracking your sleep comes in. If you have an aura ring or a Fitbit or something, tracking your heart rate variability over time can tell you if you're over-exercising. If your heart rate variability is suppressed, <laughs> guilty. Um, if your heart rate variability is suppressed and it's telling you that you're overtraining you need to make sure you give time for your body to, to react and respond and regenerate and your heart rate variability will go back up we won't spend a lot of time on that but just a, a mental note not to do too much if you're doing high intensity interval training hit training you shouldn't be doing it every day at most two maybe three times a week um, but if you're doing it more than that you're, you're really just taxing your body and remember that exercise is intentionally breaking down your body so that it regenerates mm -hmm. stronger than before but if you're constantly breaking down, then at some point you're gonna break down as fast as you can regenerate, and then you're literally not making any progress. You're working really hard, but literally not making progress. The whole point of doing it is to make progress, right? right. And if your body's constantly getting that hit, it doesn't have time to regenerate and heal, and then you don't have time to focus on other healing aspects of your body as well. Agreed. So just make sure that the exercise is healthy and make sure the exercise is not trying to run away from a problem or abuse your body in a, in a way to get anger or frustration out. And that kind of goes back to the mood and outlook mm -hmm. situation. And then if you are feeling sick or if you do feel like your body's pushed past limit, find something that's a little bit more fluid movement for you. And I mean yoga, any type of movement, rolling, you know, using a roller, what is that, foam roller, whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Words aren't the best today. <laughs> um, something that still moves your body but isn't going to push it past the limit. You know, you still want that movement and that flow, but you don't want to overtax your body. Good. Last but not least is Aubrey's favorite thing of which foods are going to okay. suppress your immune system. And so, so we'll go over she's the got a document that she's going to yeah. review. So some of the foods to avoid, so this, you're going to see this um, sheet in the next video as well for the foods that we should be increasing. At the bottom of it, though, I did put the foods to avoid. So uh, one of the biggest things I want y'all to know is hydrogenated oils. So these are going to be oils that have changed the molecular structure with hydrogen, basically. They change the bonds to make them either more fluid or spreadable or withstand different heats. You'll see these in a lot of packaged and processed foods on the shelf. And I put a few on here, so they suppress the immune system at the same time they do contribute to heart disease cancer metabolic disorders you name it they should just not be in your house at all at all and so what you're going to see is soybean oil corn oil canola oil and cottonseed oil vegetable oil vegetable oil which is canola oil general. right yeah so it's all vegetable oil any of those vegetable oils you do want to so avoid. you need to look at that list and yeah. you need to go through your oils mom at home <laughs> and if you have calling you out if you have any of those oils in your house they just need to be thrown away 
and yeah. replaced. The one thing I do want to say is that in a lot of paleo and AIP packaged foods, you will see a little bit of sunflower oil. That's the one thing that I'm going to say. Choose it with balance, guys. If you are doing 90% of what you're supposed to do, whole unadulterated foods, but you are on a restricted diet and you only have a few options to choose from and there may be a little bit of sunflower oil in a cold product, take it with a grain of salt and just go ahead and buy the product. You know, It's all about the 90%. It is. You don't have to be perfect no but if you're cooking with this stuff every day and eating it in packaged foods then that's too much and right that's, some of them are trans fats and trans fats are the only fat that's been ruled bad for all people right and the food label necessarily doesn't have to um, disclose it if it's under a certain percent so it can point still 0.6 it can have 0.6 yeah. grams of trans fats per serving and per still be labeled serving. as zero right so if you've got a sleeve of oreo cookies or something it says zero grams of trans fat and there's five servings in there, it could technically have three grams of trans fat in the whole thing, five times 0.6. I was literally about to say those oh. numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so three grams of trans fat in there, and it will say on the label, zero. That is a crime um, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And the whole balance with those oils too is that it is an imbalance of omega-3 or sixes versus threes. Omega-6s are highly inflammatory in the body in excess. You need a balance of omega-6s and threes. Yep. So on this little sheet, which we also are going to put a link in there at least so you can have some. Absolutely. Or, yeah, so you can look at these. Um, you're going to want to balance out those omega-6s if you do have them somehow in your diet with omega-3s. And I put a little list, right? This is your walnuts, flax seeds, wild-caught fish, really nice, healthy, fatty omega-3s. And you should be incorporating a fish oil. Mm -hmm. So you got to either eat the fish or take the oil. Right. That's your choice. Yeah, perfect. Next thing is grains. So in one of my videos, kind of if for um, an educational purpose, I kind of talked about a few things. So grains are inflammatory in the reason of they've been denatured, they've been hybridized, and they have natural defense mechanisms that if you already have kind of a leaky gut or an inflamed gut that they can perpetuate that immune response and perpetuate the inflammation, right? So a couple of things that they're called saponins and phytates. Basically, they're damaging to the gut. They're damaging to the immune system. These are also anti-nutrients that basically have like soap-like qualities. They're enzyme inhibitors, so they prevent your food from being broken down properly, which can overact your immune system in your gut. And then they also just, it's kind of like a bull in a china shop. These prevent um, grains, um, legumes, nuts, and seeds from being broken down. Basically, they'll want to be digested and pooped out and still be able to regrow and reproduce. Mm. So if you think of eating a food that's supposed to have that designed nature go through your body, it's like a bull in a china shop. You're going to have it cause inflammation and distress all the way throughout your gastrointestinal system. So especially if you're trying to boost up your immune system and not suppress it and you know reduce inflammation avoid grains if you can so just a real quick on the grains front think of grains as anything that's stored in a silo before it's brought out mm -hmm. to your grocery store or whatever so rice corn oatmeal or oats i guess not the oatmeal yeah. um what else rye barley taff sorghum Wheat, millet gluten yeah okay so all of those things are considered grains so that's rice? an interesting category what's that Did you say rice yeah, I said rice, I think. Rice is a big one. So yeah, trying to remove grains as an inflammatory process in general is, yeah. is a good start. Yeah, and one of those compounds, I forgot to say that saponins, they actually create holes in the membranes of the cells in your intestinal lining. So remember right. how we were talking about the intestinal barrier in your last uh, video? It basically creates little microscopic holes to increase that opening and letting more foods and toxins and triggers go through and bombard the immune system. 
So very interesting. Um, look at this PDF though. I'm just going to touch base on a few of these things instead of diving into detail. I want you all to be able to have this and I don't want it to be like a little story time reading for you guys because I feel like you're grown adults and you can do this. Um, next one is dairy. I can rant forever on this, but basically the only real healthful dairy is if you don't have dysbiosis, you have reduced inflammation, and then if you get raw, organic, unhomogenized dairy, which that's not what we're getting. Everything that we're getting has been heat processed, pasteurized, homogenized, and denatured. So inevitably it causes a lot of inflammation in your diet, and 75% of us actually have a sensitivity to dairy. That's actually proven. So you can't think of the excuse of, oh, my ancestors ate it. Yeah, but every single generation that we have, our DNA actually changes a little bit to our environment, right? We also have to think of epigenetics. So just because your great-grandmother can like digest a dairy doesn't mean that you can. With introduced toxins, food sensitivities, the way that food's processed, remember the food may not, or our gut may not recognize dairy as food anymore because we've changed it so much and we've added so many things to it. Most people don't realize they're reacting to dairy until they remove it and exactly. then add it back in. That's yeah. so common. Yeah, inevitably. And they're like, I like my cheese and that's fine. I'm like, okay, I get it. But, but it doesn't like you. No, and your body acclimates. So you may be eating these foods and you feel fine, but what if you're getting sick all the time, right? Yep. And what if you realize, oh, I get a cold every year. I don't. You know, I don't know if you do, but... Well, I was just hospitalized in February, so oh, I'm, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm not making any claims. I'm just a mold toxic patient. <laughs> but the normal, like the normal immune responses, you know, sometimes they don't happen when you actually are removing these inflammatory foods from your diet. Do it. Try it out for even two or three months and see how your immune system works. See if you actually get sick this year. So next thing I want to do is sugar. Sugar and high fructose corn syrup or high fructose no matter what is the worst thing you can do for inflammation in your immune system, right? So in here, I put the amygdala, right? That's responsible for our fight or flight. It's constantly triggered with sugar, which is a terrible thing because sugar is creating that fight or flight response. It's creating an addictive property in your body, but what it does is it also feeds pathogenic yeast, fungus, mold, bacteria, you name it, that actually kind of confuse the immune response. Yeah. you said before sugar is so pervasive in our environment that if you're not actively avoiding it you're eating too much exactly and i think one of, one of the things that you can look at is is it snuck into my foods is it snuck into it is thing? it is it absolutely is and if you're you just wondering find it. right why does my beef jerky have sugar in it when it tastes yeah. really salty it's supposed to be so you buy it over and over again right. and there's a ton of different names so i do have a grocery store kind of tour pdf um, we have a ton of resources to kind of help, but it can be hidden underneath like 50 different names. So make sure that you get your hands on one of those and that you're actually actively looking for sugar. One of the good things too is that high fructose can end up causing that effect on your body as well. So having really sweet fruits like all day is not good for your body either. So having a ton of peaches and a ton of watermelon, your body is going to react like it is to sugar. And what happens is that when your body is constantly trying to stabilize your glucose levels, it ends up causing stress on your adrenals, causing hormonal dysfunction, and that alone can help kind of confuse and suppress your immune system. Too. Yeah. Perfect. And that's it for the foods. Okay. So that finishes our video yeah. on immune suppression or okay. lifestyle and foods that suppress immune um, system. And so in our next video, we're going to go into what are some of the things that boost the immune system yeah. other than just don't do the things that suppress it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so cool. subscribe to our channel, watch our videos, hit the little bell yeah. once you subscribe so you get alerts for us, and we'll cool. see you next time. Bye, guys.